Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Moments with Daru podcast. And I'm your host, Modhani. This is season four, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen. This season will have different conversations with remarkable guests who share their life journey, moments of overcoming dire circumstances, and lessons we can learn from them. I will also have solo episodes where I will share my thoughts on day-to-day situations, life events, or aha moments. I do all of this so that you may be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is a family and community health extension agent where he serves the people of Houston, Texas, providing programming on fatherhood or parenting, financial literacy, and character development. With more than 15 years of experience in his field, my guest has not only gained a wealth of knowledge, but has gained a depth of love and compassion for his community. Welcome onto the show, Alfredo. Hi, um, thank you uh, for having me today. I'm very glad to be here, uh, Tony. I appreciate you for uh, having me today. Fantastic. So let's kick off the conversation by just diving into your earliest memory as a child. My earliest memory as a child would be me being raised by my mother. Um, always hanging around her. Um, and I'll just share a funny story, really. Um, very young, I would uh, gather all of my family's belongings and <laughs> have a little podium. And then around noon, I would sell all their items back to them. And so, of course, they wouldn't give me any money. They would just gesture with their hands, you know, here's your money, give me my stuff back. <laughs> and so, you know, very early age, just very uh, creative and big imagination just to, um, you know, be somewhat of a business owner uh, at that age and just uh, trying to do things, um, you know, unorthodoxly, you know, because few people in my family have businesses. So it was just a fun thing I did. And, you know, every once in a while they, in the family functions, they do bring it up. So hmm. I like that. So have you carried forward that creative mindset and you know doing things in an unorthodox way have you carried that forward into your life so far i would say yes um in the terms of troubleshooting uh for computers um connecting people you know relationships you know i would say concrete example somebody's new to our area i like to get them connected or plugged in or you know get resources for them and that's just something in me it just when I'm moved to do it and then the connection happens, you know, it's out of my hands. It's just some type of a catalyst effect that I'm being used for, I would say, because sometimes when I connect one person or one business to another, it just works. And there's so much synergy and partnership that happens. And I'm like, okay, I just knew that that needed to happen or these two individuals needed to meet each other. And, um, you know, they're, they're grateful, but I'm even more grateful for it. You know, connection is so important. And I like that you connect people together and, you know, your aim is so that they can have synergies or collaborate to create something 
greater than themselves. Why do you think people struggle in connecting people? That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, that's one question that I'm actually growing in. And I like to say it that way because they're, you know, when we're learning people, like I tell my son, you know, I want to learn the person that you are, you're becoming, and the person that you will be one day. And that lets him know that dad is there for them, for him. So for me to learn and be there with him through all of his growing pains or, you know, uh, successes. And the thing about that, again, going back to what you said, is connection. I want my son to have that connection to his father to know, okay, I can trust my father with whatever information that I have, whether it be school, family, or friends, uh, job, things that I'm going through. Um, is that connection and learning somebody's character. I think it would be really hard to talk about somebody or talk about someone uh, or a partner, whatever that may be, um, when you have that one-on-one -on -one personal connection relationship. You know, you have that information about them, uh, you know, going into our word of the day, empathy, um, that you can say, okay, I know where this person has been, or I can empathize with them and say, wow, you know, something in me connected with something in them. And so that emotion would be so strong that knowing their character would be hard uh, not to, you know, want to connect with them because there's a connection there. And on the opposite, you know, when you don't know somebody, it is pretty easy to talk about them. Sometimes I'm just, I, what, I, what, I, what I hear, you know, um, because you or a person, excuse me, a person would not know what they're about because they only hear, you know, what they might be. Interesting. Um, I like that we've gone into the word that you selected, empathy. Um, what, what would you tell the listener on how they can build the skills or how they can better understand empathy and be more understanding of people's feelings around them? That's a great question. Um, I think in the work that I do, um, I like to meet with people homeless, people that um, you know are foster children, are usually not seen, not heard. So in that, uh, when we make that connection, a sort of uncalcifying process happens. You know, sometimes the world and what our lives do have a, has a numbing effect when we've been through too much. It numbs uh, us sometimes. And so that, that making that connection begins the uncalcifying process of, okay, I can feel again. It's okay to have a connection. It's okay to meet this person's need because they're a safe person. And I've showed them that I'm, I'm a safe person because a lot of times, you know, it could be family as well or friends that have, you know, may have hurt us in the past and it's hard for the person to make that connection again. And that's understandable. It's like, hey, I've been burned. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to no longer make that, let that happen ever again. And so that door to connection becomes shut, I would say, temporarily. Because if we're still on this earth, we still have time in, <laughs> to make connections because, um, you know, we get stuck in ruts, but we have to also make sure that we pull each other out. You know. Yes, we need to pull each other out and hold each other's hands and help each other along this life journey. So how would you say empathy plays 
a role in what you do on a daily basis, as you said, that you do um, programming on parenting and character development. When we talk about character, it was, you know, it's defined by what we, we do and not so much what we say or believe. Because when people see us doing uh, what we say we believe in, then it's, it's, you know, it speaks volumes almost without words, almost, I would say. Um, because again, going back to the connection, someone's able to see somebody do something out of empathy. Um, for example, <laughs> and this just happened today. Uh, we're on the road and the young lady's car completely stopped. And you see one man jump out and only one man jumps out, right? But then that, to me, I went into you know, straight empathy. I was like, okay, he's not gonna be the only one. But as soon as I park, there are already two other men helping out this young lady. And of course, I'm coming in right at the last minute, but that there, knowing that I've been there so many times in the past, you know, my car is in the middle of the traffic road. Oh, my, who's going to help me? And so she was very grateful. And when you see the face of somebody that you help, whether it's in parenting, whether it's in character development, you're able to make that connection of like, hey, I see myself in you. Or, hey, you remind me of a family member, you know. And that connection happens and makes it so much easier to make that relationship go further um, and make more of a connection and build on that connection. And so uh, good character requires doing the right thing, even when it's costly or risky, because we were in the middle of a road and we were like, okay, nobody hit us, you know, because not everybody has um, the ability of empathy, empathize with others. Um, I would say yet. I, I, I still always like to put the hope out there. There's yeah. always hope. Yes. There's still room for people to grow. There's still room for people to understand the importance of empathy and, you know, reaching out and helping another person. So why would you say you are passionate and you have the compassion for your community? That is a great question. And I answer that question like I tell my high school students out here, that I made a promise to myself that I would never forget when I was a teenager or a young adult, how those moments felt. And at times it felt so lonely and I felt so desperate um, that I made a promise, that promise that when I get <laughs> older or in a position to help out or give back, that I, that would be my life's mission to focus on youth, um, seniors graduating, going into the real, what they say, real world. Sorry, I have air quotes since, you know, nobody can see me. <laughs> and really let them know that and validate them in their walk and say, hey, I've gone through that. I've been through that. Or at least I know somebody that's been through that. Or a parent encourage them saying, it's a phase. You know, your child's, you know, their developmental level is right where it's supposed to be right? Or it's not over yet. Just providing, again, that empathy and that hope that there is still a little bit more to go. And also um, being raised by a single mother um, until the age of eight, I have four parents. So my parents were never married. And I only saw my father on the weekends when I was younger. So knowing that dynamic of having two, <laughs> two families, you know, I see one on the weekend and I see one, you know, five days a week uh, helps me to 
you know, identify myself with the parents and the, the students that, you know, I teach and hopefully reach one. Yes, you know, I, I recall my moments when I was a young adult or when I finished high school, and it was really daunting to step into the real world. So what steps do you take the young adults or the, you know, the teenagers as they prepare to step into the real world? Uh, making a budget. <laughs> uh, very practical, making a budget, knowing that we have to pay taxes. Um, so I take them through a simulation. Let's just make it more concrete. Uh, Welcome to the Real World is one of the programs that we do. And we give them all a certain amount of cash or money at the beginning of the exercise or activity. And we let them go to different stations. Okay, one station is getting your tires fixed. Another station is you got your paycheck. Another station is, oh, um, your tire blew out. And another station is, okay, you get caught by the police and now you have a speeding ticket or you have to pay something. So essentially it's showing them how life happens. And you have so many moments where you get, you know, the young, uh, you know, I'll call them young adults. They'd say, I have to pay for this? Or why does this come out of my check? Or do these things really happen? So instead of them experiencing for the first time out there in life in the world of saying, yes, this happens every day to so many people, but at least they're going out knowing and having experienced it in a safe zone so we can have a dialogue and discussion um, about how to prepare ourselves. It's so important to be prepared for the real world. So how are you encouraging them during this pandemic? I know this pandemic is something that has caught us off guard. So how are you encouraging them to just navigate this pandemic and know that they can still live life, they can still navigate the real world regardless of the pandemic. Okay, uh, during this time we've had classes still. So we've had virtual classes. Uh, one in particular with Choice Nation Academy is a youth leadership academy for, with students from different schools in the area. So we met virtually every Thursday night. And we talked about character development and we talked about budgeting from one this fall season to the spring season. And so my message of encouragement in each meeting was that they're not alone. There are safe people in their lives. And I was one of them. I am one of them. And that um, we're validating their walk in this very hard time and that they still have a purpose. Yes, we still have a purpose and we're here on this earth to fulfill that. And it's very important to find out why you're here. The, the main reason as to why you're on this earth, because none of us are a mistake. So for yourself, what have you learned about yourself during this pandemic? For myself, um, thank you for the question. <laughs> I've learned that um, I'm a trouble shooter i can help other co-workers with computer issues <laughs> um just small little buttons on zoom um i know very practical things but you know verse that would take a moment time in time versus them 
maybe taking a half of the day, their whole lunch hour or a whole week to figure out, you know, we've helped each other, you know, come together. And what I've seen is, you know, I've had to dig deeper as a husband. I've had to dig deeper as a father. I had to dig deeper as a leader in the community to have patience um, and to walk with people, walk alongside them and just hear them out and again, validate them and just cheering them on. And there has been some times where I've needed to be cheered on so that I can keep going as well. Um, the walk is not easy, but at the same time, it's not impossible. Yes, nothing is impossible. It's all about mindset and how you look at it. So if your younger self was seated across you right now, what would you tell him? The first thing I would do with my younger self is give him a big hug. Just wrap my arms around my you know young self and say that you're not alone you know i'm here for you and god ultimately has a god ultimately has a plan and he's not finished with you that's what i would tell him yes he has a plan and his plan is the best and if only we could you know let go of our own plans and just yield to his plan so how would you want to be remembered as life progresses and a time comes how would you want to be remembered i would have it on uh, i guess my tombstone <laughs> i don't mean to get dark but it would be the one who cared and the one who gave encouragement that's how i would like to be remembered that is powerful the one who cared so just to switch gears in this conversation, if you had the opportunity to interview someone, dead or alive, who would you interview? Well, <laughs> um, I would interview Charles Spurgeon, um, only because I, I really look up to him and his writings and being bold um, at a very young age and just bringing a lot of people to something that's um, to the knowledge of Christ, essentially, and just having the tenacity, again, the boldness to be um, what, God had, what God had made him to be. And, and that's who I would interview um, because he has spent a lot of quiet time with the Lord, which I need more. <laughs> Yes, I need more of that and um, really studied the heart of God. Amazing. And I like your, your honesty. We all need more time with God and, you know, get to know him more intimately. So that's a good choice. Um, the next question that I want to ask you is, what have you learned about life from your child or from your children? that my children are teaching me how to be a better dad, are teaching me how to be a better father. And just like yesterday, my son is teaching me how to swim. <laughs> um, I've humbled myself and learned so much knowing how much my children are teaching me, not can teach me, but are teaching me how to slow down, be in the moment, because essentially, when the moment's gone, it's gone. 
So that's what they are teaching dad. Um, it's just to be present and be in the moment. It's so important to be present and be in the moment because we get to learn so much more about ourselves and about others and about life in that moment. Now, just to reflect upon life, if you could change your name, just if that moment could come, if you could change your name, why would you change your name and what would you change it to? I would change my name to my mother's last name only because, and quite honestly, it just sounds cooler, honestly. It, you know, Alfredo Garcia. I mean, it just sounds like a, you know, a movie kind of character. <laughs> and all my life, and here's, here's the, here's the, I guess, the one reason why. All my life, it's like, okay, is your name Alfredo or is your name Alberto? Which one comes first? Because in our culture, Alberto is a first name. And I would always say, no matter how you say it, it's right. Um, and so everybody would get my name confused, misname me, call me Alfonso, Adolfo. And uh, I would change it to Alfredo Garcia. Just I've had my father's name and my mother's uh, last name. Nice, nice. And lastly, don't overthink it. Um, the question that, that comes to mind is, what would you rather throw away, love or money? The one I would throw away, and thank you for the question, um, would be money. I just remember when Bob Marley would say, you know, I he's, would have the money, but then he's rich in relationships. And when you're rich in relationships, you really have nothing to worry about. You have your meals from your friends or family, um, time with family, because that comes from love. And at the end, perfect love casts out all fear. Because if I had the money, then it's like I'm always worried about having enough of it or not. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Perfect love casts out all fear. And I like how you've said, you know, with love, you're rich with relationships. And it ties in with the next question that I wanted to ask you. You know, how do we build a resilient and supportive community? That is a great question. And um, together, there's a saying here that says stronger together. Uh, of course, there's another saying that um, in the proverb I love, so if you want to go fast, go by yourself, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. That's what I've learned in this process. I like it go far together and we build a more resilient community together. So in closing, is there anything that you want to share with the listener that's still, in, still on your heart or mind um, that you want to put out there? I just wanted to share that, that poem of encouragement. Okay. That's, that's not too long. So it's, uh, it's called the Oak Tree. It's a message of encouragement. A mighty wind blew night and day and it stole the oak tree's leaves away, then snapped its bows and pulled its bark until the oak was tired and stark, but still the oak tree held its ground while other trees fell all around. The weary wind gave up and spoke, how can you still be standing oak? And the oak tree said, 
I know that you can break each branch of mine in two, carry every leaf away, shake my limbs and make me sway. But I have roots stretched in the earth, growing stronger since my birth. You'll never touch them. For you see, they are the deepest part of me. And until today, I wasn't sure of just how much I could endure. But now I found, with thanks to you, I'm stronger than I ever knew. That is powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that poem. And I just want to tell the listener that this life can be hard at times, but you're not alone. And as Alfredo said, we can build community together. So let us hold on to that word together. We're not alone and we can build a resilient community together. So until next time, take care of yourselves. Thank mm-hmm. you.